It's the Derek and Mike Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here today. My name is Mike. This is my boy, Derek. What's up, Mike? What's up, everybody? Hanging, brother. How you doing today, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh All right. All right. You feeling the music? We're actually listening to the music live during the intro, uh, which is only new to us, but it feels great. Love the music. Raul. Yep. Yep. So I dig the intro music. This is the first time we've ever heard it live as we actually do the intro to the show. In all the previous episodes, we just added that shit in in post. Uh, So to you, the listener, it doesn't sound any different other than our inexplicable excitement over hearing our music. (laughs) You can definitely tell you're a tech nerd because everybody's (laughs) like, yeah, 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 just talk. Who gives a shit about your music? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that song though, man. I love that song. I do too. It's awesome. It's a great song. It really is. Uh we should say that song is called Corner Store by our good friend Raul Robles. Great guy. Love Raul. I haven't seen him for a while. He's a uh, mensch. But Yeah, he uh, he was on Facebook. Uh, I well, I was on Facebook too and um uh, kind of touch with him not in touch but you know at least that sounds here and there we would we would talk <laughs> do, do you but, did, uh, he, did he cancel facebook too or you mean you just lost contact when you canceled facebook when i canceled facebook i don't i'm not sure of the status of everybody else uh I, I you know part of me misses facebook not enough to like make a new account and go back on it or anything but i was on facebook for not very long, dude, maybe a year and a half. Uh, and it was a really cool um, world to jump into because I was obviously super late to the game. But when I jumped on, it was like, oh, my God, all these old friends that I went to school with and friends of friends and acquaintances who I barely know, who now I know much better. And I'm seeing their family vacations and I'm seeing pictures of their kids and their dogs. And I know what they think about politics and um kind of like information overload, like way too much information about people that I'm not super involved with in my life. Like people I like, nothing wrong with them, but I don't need to know them that well. Um, And it burned me out pretty damn quick, dude. At first it was like, hey, this is great. And very quickly it was like, hey, this is way more, way more than I want. And I don't have time for this shit. And I just closed my account. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of positives and negatives for Facebook. I think that, uh, the one way I would sum up Facebook back in the early days was like, okay, I would wake up, I might check out the news and then the world news and I'd check out the friend news, you know, cause it was kind of like, oh, let's see what my friends are up to. Let's see that news. Yeah. Yeah. Quote and, unquote uh, friends. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you, you do, you get too much and you got some people that like post very, very often and um, I don't know, there, there's a whole bunch of different personas that you see on Facebook, but I, I'm just glad that I'm off too. It just, it just gives me a hangover a lot of times, like just kind of an, um, maybe an emotional hangover. I don't know, because yeah. you ever, I'm the kind of person when I say something on Facebook or if I do a reply, I really internalize it 
and I, you know, I kind of, I overanalyze it. That would be the, the proper word. And I just think like, oh man, did I, should I have said that? I shouldn't have said that. I didn't know. And it's just not worth it for me. Uh, it is pretty mentally taxing. Uh, it was for me too. And I, I had the same thing where uh, there'd be some sort of a thread and it may be like a heated conversation. It may not even be, it could be a totally casual exchange, but just the fact that everyone I know and tons of people who I don't even know uh, are going to see it causes me to think uh, more than I should be thinking about it. And it became a lot of work and uh, yeah, it just got really um, time consuming or thought consuming, I think was more than anything. It would, it would kind of, if I made a comment and someone else replied to it in a strange way or whatever, like that would, that would like permeate my thinking for a long period of time. And I would just kind of be like, Oh, what did they mean by that? Or maybe they didn't understand what I meant by my comment or this or that. And, and it was very hard for me, which is weird because in my life, I'm normally very, uh, realistic about stuff like that. I'm very, I'm usually very like, Oh, maybe that person misunderstood me. Oh, well, moving on, like not a big deal. And maybe that's because it's a smaller sphere of misunderstanding. It's usually between you and one other person or a small group of people. Whereas Facebook, Mm -hmm. it's, any number of people, everyone you possibly know, people that you don't even really interact with on a regular basis, like maybe an uncle that lives out of state who you don't really know that well, but he's still your uncle, you know, so you know he's reading your stuff. Um, and uh, fucking coworkers, people that you used to know and you haven't seen in 14 years, all this weird levels of association uh, for greater or, or lesser extent. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just didn't like playing in that fucking pool of nonsense. I feel like, like you said, uh, the personas that people put out there are very often so different from reality. Um, And I don't really feel like Mm -hmm. playing in that arena of fakeness. Uh, I think that got a little bit old. Um, Yeah, because people get bolder on Facebook too than they would in person. And that's another like source of frustration because I'd be like, okay, well, this is like his Facebook persona. You know, this person wouldn't say this to me like ordinarily, but like they're kind of getting bold and like, um, you know, I I may not say something that was like super uh, uh, debatable or um, contentious or whatever, but you know, I would get a reply from people that I just wouldn't expect. And I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But you know, we, we all seem to get bolder when we're hiding behind a computer screen Well, and we, we, we are meaner sometimes too. And that's the nasty part. A of lot it. of times. Yeah. That's uh that's off putting. And it, it's also too, like a question like, okay, are these people playing a role for Facebook because they want to be seen in a certain way? Uh, I'm sure, and I know that's true to some extent, but I also think there's this other level of people are more free to be them, tr- their true selves or let their true selves peek through because the need to wear that social mask that we all wear to, to certain degrees of, Hey, here's how I want people who I interact with to see me, whether it's in my personal life or my professional life or both or whatever. Uh, here's how I want people to perceive me. And then when that accountability or identifiability is is stripped or reduced all of a sudden you're free to be more of your uh inner more repressed self so you're able to be meaner and maybe that person is just truly more mean on the inside their true self is more mean but 
they normally kind of, you know, repress that a little bit because it's socially unacceptable and they don't want to be personally accountable face to face. But they're much more likely to go say that sort of um, mean stuff when they're hiding behind a keyboard, Um, even though they're using their real name. And it's like, yeah, I know you're Fred and I can't believe you said that, Fred. But Fred's not standing directly in front of you. So the level of accountability is definitely different and, and diminished to a great deal when they're saying it through something like Facebook or Twitter, something like that. And, and the other thing is, is, uh, when a discussion turns into a debate, that's always a bad scenario on Facebook Uh, because you just, you can't, you can't debate by writing a sentence and then writing another sentence and writing and, you know, responding with a sentence. And and then then some other random person jumps in and like takes it in a different direction and you're just like, Oh, fuck. And now you got seven conversations going. Yeah. And then, and cause each sentence, like, you know, I can, I can make a proclamation right now and guaranteed that that proclamation can be picked apart, not just by people that are reading it, but I can go back and say, well, you know, if I'm really going to pick that sentence apart, it's, it's really not true in a certain sense, but cause words don't absolutely are able to convey uh true sentiment. Sometimes you got to like, uh, look through, read between the lines, as they say, you know, we've we talked about and, before yeah. the, the, the level, uh, the amount of communication that's included in what you're saying versus the body language and how you're saying it, tone of voice and all that. It's far greater uh, that you're communicating in the body language and tone of voice and expressions and all that kind of stuff. And all that's lost in, in text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And even and more so in like just, a Twitter just, where you're limited to, what is it, 128 characters or whatever it is, you're limited to the amount you can type. So it's even more stripped uh, of of inflection or tone. Uh, it's so much easier to misunderstand someone, whether they're being like sarcastic or jokey and it just comes through like totally fucking rude. And you're like, no, I was joking. But, oh, okay, yeah, none of that came through because you can't see my expression. And then there's the the issue of like data collection. Like I I don't oh, want yeah. my data all that all out. It it's not going to be deleted. It's never going to be deleted. And no. you know you could say like oh yeah delete this or I delete my account. It's not deleted. I guarantee it's sitting on some hard drive out there. And I I just don't want my personal business. I want the inside of my house to be like public. I don't want you know I we lost track of privacy in a way. And we kind of just gave it all away. And absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, I, and I'm not into it. And, and then too, you know, I, and I'm sorry, I, I'm not trying to be rude or anything about people who put their kids on Facebook and such, but I know you and I have had this conversation and I have put some pictures of Esme on Facebook, but you know, I kind of limit it. And, and that was another yeah. reason that I kind of got rid of it just because it's really her decision if she wants to be out there. It's not, and I know she's a kid right now, but I'm only satiating myself and I guess the family, but really the privacy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, I know. I'm totally on board with that line of thinking because it's so natural to want to share pictures of your kids. They're the the coolest thing in your life right now. That's what's going on. When someone says, Hey, what are you up to? I'm being a dad. That's what I'm up to. Um, so that's what I'm into. And if I was out there broadcasting the latest and greatest, funnest things in my life, it's all kid oriented. Um, 
But I feel the same way as you, where uh, for their own privacy reasons and the inability to make their own choice at this point in their lives, I don't feel like it's my place to be throwing them out on Facebook. Um, I also feel that uh, uh, it's... I don't know, dude. I feel like it's more of a private thing, for, and it's stuff that should be for more of a um, smaller circle of people, like grandparents and aunts and uncles, and the people who are truly interested in their lives. I feel like that's it's something special that should only be shared with them rather than just shotgun blasted out to the world and anyone who I've ever friended, and most of which I've never even met or I'm certainly not close friends with. I, I don't really want them to see all my kids' Christmas presents or... Um, the, the, the intimate things, uh, that, that I may share with family. And then of course you can mark some things public and some things private, but none of it's private. Uh, so it all just feels so weird to me personally, just like you said, to post pictures of my kids. Um, so that was, that was a part of why I left also. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do any of that anymore. I didn't like that a lot. Oh, and look at this. I lost Derek. I'm just on this diatribe of agreeing with him, and Derek is gone. Now I'm just talking to myself. Well, really, I'm not. I'm talking to you. Um, I I feel like it's kind of a highfalutin, soapboxy thing to kind of talk about how I decided to give up Facebook. It's very self-congratulatory, but I, I don't mean it that way. I really don't. Like, um, I know Derek's on the same page as I am where we decided that it's, it's just not for us. So we kind of just got off of it. Um, I had a couple of problems here and there where it damaged certain relationships and that became unnecessary and annoying. And it's like, Hey, if I had never joined Facebook, I'd probably still be friends with that guy. Um, or even family members also like learning too much about people where, you know, there's someone that I like, uh, I can think of one example. I have an uncle who I've always thought the world of. I think he's the coolest guy and the smartest guy and the most well put together. I, I I thought he just had his shit together. And then I befriended him on Facebook and I started seeing things that he had said and and stuff that he liked or reposted or whatever that made me go like, oh, fuck, you 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 yeah. think that? I don't I don't wanna I don't want to know that. I'd prefer to continue liking you. Like what what you're posting makes me dislike you and it's a huge turnoff and I had this huge uh high opinion of you and now that's all crapped on. Um so that's a bummer. That 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 particular instance was disappointing. And there's a lot of those sorts of things to different degrees, not necessarily just family, but even like old school friends. Oh, I had one I had one situation on Facebook where I reconnected with a guy who, oh God, what age were we when he took me to my first punk rock show and it was a life-changing thing for me. He took me to Showcase Theater in Corona to go see Face to Face, which is an awesome punk rock band. And I didn't know yeah. anything about punk rock. I didn't know anything about any of these bands or whatever. And this, my buddy Garrett uh, took me to this punk rock show at Showcase Theater and it fucking changed my life. And, um... Uh, I, I just remember him so positively for that experience. And, and the short time that he and I hung out together, he ended up going into the military and moving away and we lost touch for a long, long time. Then we reconnected on Facebook and it was a similar situation like to the one with my uncle where he had posted stuff or uh, liked stuff or even commented on stuff. And he was really, 
really abrasive and just really vocal about his opinions of politics and everything, basically. And it was a huge turnoff. And I was just like, ah, fuck. I preferred you in my memory. I don't really mm-hmm. like you in reality. Uh, you're much, much cooler in my mind. And I'd prefer to keep him there. Uh, that's my own selfish uh, possession of him. So I'd rather keep him in my memory. I don't really want to know him now. Uh, so I think I don't know if that makes yeah. me a dick or not, but it's the truth. Hey, Derek's back. Derek, you're back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can hear me now. Good. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know what that was. I don't know. Uh, you know, I have meetings all day long. And what's odd is that this never happens during the meetings. So now I'm like thinking, okay, well, what is different? It's this, uh, uh, this recording software. I'm not going to throw them under the bus because it could be my computer, I suppose. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to blame that for now. Yeah, well, it has to be because you're on Zoom all the time, right? And we're doing this through Zoom. And so Zoom always works when you're not running recording software. And then it very often dies when you are running recording software. Um, yeah. I'm yeah, no tech I, I suppose. I'll leave that to you. But I think that's the answer. Yeah, yeah I think it is. Huh. I'll have to uh, maybe get another another one that, that records instead of that one. Something maybe a little bit simpler, even though it was a very cool app. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. With the Facebook thing, I, I'm I totally agree. Yeah, you just know you know too much, and then sometimes, you know, it's really sad to me when I gotta uh, mute somebody that just posts nonstop too. You know, because then yeah. I I don't want to see what they have to post, and sometimes it's just it's divisive or whatever it might be. And I'm just like, look, I, I really don't want to see that. You know, I, I just, I don't want to see it. And, well, and you have to do like the subtle thing because you can't unfriend them because then they know that. And that's, that's a huge social choice, a very known, obvious, overt action. That means I don't like you anymore. I'm not, I'm unfriending you. And then there's some splaining to do there. You're, you're going to have to address yep. that in real life at some point because that's an overt action. Whereas you can unfollow someone, or, or I don't know if that's the right word, right? You can, you can stop seeing their posts, but you're still technically their friend. You just don't see their shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then every once in a while, like, there's a couple people that would do that. They would just either post something that I either find very annoying and or or whatever and and you know just to elaborate on that just for a second like even if you do find something annoying sometimes you got to kind of look at yourself and be like oh okay well is that just me or whatnot but then you know when you start seeing that it it takes an emotional toll on you and then it just you're just carrying around emotional baggage based on what this person is just spewing out you know, I, I just have, you know, whether it is me or not, I just don't care. I, I know I can, no, I can it's... cut the problem real easily just by muting this person. Yes. But then, then you go back and you unmute them for a little while. And, uh, you know, there's been times where I do that too. And I'm like, no, remute, you know, I just can't do it. And then sometimes you see they'll post things like, uh, you know, things like you ever had it where somebody posts something where they're speaking to you who's reading it uh, and they're speaking to everybody who's reading it but they're like like this if you if you want to save puppies oh. you know if you don't like it you don't want to save puppies you know or some, something along right. those lines right and it's like come on i'm not in grade school anymore or something Just like me. uh like begging for attention and sympathy where it's like I'm going through a tough time right now like this if you support me or something like that. And you see that in your feed and you're just like, well, I don't want to like this. I, I mean, I genuinely don't like this, but I also don't want to Facebook like this because I don't want to interact. 
but if I just scroll right past it and I don't like this, then I'm I'm noticeably skipping killer. your cry for attention. Uh, and I don't know what side of that coin you fall on, but I always default on the side of I'll just pretend I never saw it. I just keep scrolling. Yeah, or it's just scrolling. not. Yeah, not worth it. Definitely. Uh, I don't want to engage in that. It feels like so much work, honestly. Like uh, even this level of of social uh, complexity that we're describing, like to unfriend or unfollow or mute or um, being being expected to interact with nonsense, it's all so much fucking work. Um, so the small benefit of seeing some vacation pictures from a high school friend that I don't really talk to much anymore except for on Facebook, uh, that's cool. But I'm willing to give that up so that I don't have to deal with all of these uh, social inconveniences with, and many times, fleeting acquaintances who I don't truly care about all that much. Um, and, and I'm fine with just letting that go. And, and originally, it was, it was a little bit tough, honestly, to cut that cord because I felt like, well, I'm not going to talk to a lot of these people anymore. And I don't even have a lot of their cell phone numbers. And even if I did, it's our relationship isn't at a point where I'm really just going to text them or call them or meet up with them and have a beer or something. Like, I know I'm just going to virtually lose these people entirely. And then I realized, who gives a shit? If they're not a good enough friend to call or text or have a beer with, then you're not really friends anyway. What are you truly losing? Um, yeah. And I decided that that, was, that loss was worth the gain of... Uh, increased focus on my direct sphere and and more clarity of mind uh, to focus on what was actually happening in my life with people I actually care about or really care about or care about most is probably the way to say it. Um, so it was a great choice for me. I don't know that it's for everyone. I know some people really seem to like Facebook. I'm sure that's that's true. I'm sure some people are still locked in the in the uh, social accountability or locked in the prison of wanting to cancel, but feeling obligated to stay or feeling afraid to leave. I'm sure there's some of those people too. And uh, I don't know. Uh, to them, I would say, cut it off. Don't just stop using Facebook. I know a lot of people have said, uh, oh, I'm just going to delete the app from my phone for a while. Yeah. That's the virtual cutting the cord, but you're really not cutting it. You're just kind of snipping it uh, so you can reconnect it later um uh, and they make it easy for you too you know you you uh even when you deactivate your account or delete your account tell them to delete yeah. it they give it like 30 days or something that'll Those just you know assholes. imagine how many people that get, they got coming back in in that 30 days i'm sure it's fun it's a huge amount but i I'll tell you what I knew. I kind of knew around when that 30 days happened and I was kind of rejoicing. I was like, it did feel like I cut a cord and yeah. you, you are scared. Cause there are a couple of high school friends in there that I would get irregular updates from, or was able to keep in contact. We would say happy birthday to each other. Sure. And I, I'm friends with one of them. Uh, one of them we connected through email. The other one I don't, I, I just can't get to. And I, I love him. He's a great friend, you know, uh, but, you know, it just that's the way it happens. I'm sure I could probably look him up if I wanted to. But but, yeah, you know, uh, he's doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, you know, we, we just never really talked much past 25. 
or so. And, so. you know, and he's there. He, he's locked in your memory as a good friend that you remember during good times when you guys were interacting and you enjoyed each other. And all that is, that's never going to go anywhere. It Just because it doesn't yeah. perpetuate uh, as you get older doesn't change the fact that you were really good friends then and still are friends. I mean, hell, if you bumped into that guy at a fucking Starbucks later on, you'd be like, dude, so good to see you. You know, you guys would bro out. Uh, you'd be really happy to see each other. Uh, maybe even relive some of those old fun times, tell some stories, whatever. All that still exists. It's all still very real. It just hasn't right. translated into the progress of life. And you're not still active friends. You're just kind of, we used to be friends, and I still love that guy. And that's okay. Everyone doesn't have to be your friend forever. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Nothing wrong with that. No, no, it, it's it's true. I mean, and, you know, that that's a very true statement that kind of brings a, a few different subjects to mind uh, where it's like, you know, you, you do change. And sometimes like when you change, you know, me personally, a lot of times when I change and I'm and I don't want to be friends with somebody anymore, I feel sometimes like a guilt with that. Yet at the time, I can't lie about it. Uh, like that's no. that's what it is, uh, and know? I feel like Facebook is is chocked full of those situations where you're you're connected, you don't necessarily want to be, so you're just kind of in maintenance mode on a relationship. Like you said, when when someone's birthday notification pops up, like oh, it's Frank's birthday. Uh, hey, happy birthday, Frank! Hope you're having a great one. You know these yeah. these pointless robotic uh, relationship maintenance responses, like they become time consuming and. They become thought-consuming, and are they really worth it? What are you getting out of that relationship? What's fucking Frank getting out of that relationship? Does he really give a shit that you wrote a completely heartless, automatic, um, shallow response like, hey, happy birthday, hope you had a great one? Does he give a fuck? Uh, mm-hmm. I know I didn't uh, when I was on Facebook and someone said happy birthday on there. Uh, I didn't give a flying fuck. It didn't mean anything. Most of them I never even responded to or liked because Facebook reminded that person it's my birthday. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of birthdays anyway. Uh, everyone has them. They're not special. Um, and for the most part, I don't care about my own birthday and I only care about other people's birthdays because I think they care about them. So I show empathetic interest in their birthday, but truly for myself, I don't care. You were, we were all born. We all beat the odds. We all, you know, won the sperm race and, and ate the egg and we're born. We, we, we did it. Great job. Um, your prize is living. It's it's, and you and you were born on a day. That's that's obvious. Uh, <laughs> I was too, and uh, no one gives a shit. Um, but yeah, yeah. At the same time, people in my super close sphere, like my wife, my kids, uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, I really care about their birthdays because I feel like that's a fun opportunity to celebrate something as a family, as a as a family unit. Uh, I think that's a really good opportunity to um, display family togetherness and care for each other. I think that's an important thing to do. So I do go above and beyond to celebrate my wife and my kids' birthdays. Um, but that even stops outside of our home, dude. Like, uh, maybe maybe it's a dick thing to acknowledge, but like my mom's birthday. Um, I love my mom more than anything. She's the greatest person in the world. Um, her birthday to me is kind of... Like, hey, happy birthday. I hope you have a great one. I don't feel super obligated to go above and beyond and go all nuts. I know she she's not huge on celebrating herself, but, you know, phone call on her birthday. Maybe take her out to dinner if we can. Awesome. Totally meets the need. Uh, she feels 
she feels the, the, the love and the love is there. But the birthday yeah. isn't necessarily the reason for the love. It's like, hey, I miss you. We haven't seen you in a while. Your birthday is a good reason for us to get together. Um, it's not an obligated, we must celebrate you because it's your birthday, the day on which you were born. Uh, it's not that, really. Um, but for my kids and my wife, it is that to me. I think they're the only ones. And I really don't care about my own birthday at all. Um I use my own birthday as kind of a way to allow myself to relax and and enjoy the day how however it is that I want to enjoy it. All right. So and, similar to like Father's Day when it's like, hey, Derek, what do you want to do for your birthday? You're like, I want to do nothing. I want you to leave me alone yeah. for my birthday. That's what I want. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's just like right. I'm just, you know, a great thing to do that I've done on some previous past birthdays is just go play golf and typically on my birthday, I, I don't know why, but I mean, I guess because I am a little bit more relaxed, I would just usually hit a pretty good game. Huh. All right. So, That's um, good. I, I'm also, I also do believe a little bit in uh, astrology signs and that I, I do think that uh, around the time of your birthday, that there is some sort of energy force that is kind of moving in your direction. Whoa. You got <laughs> mystical on me all of a sudden. Really? Oh, you don't believe that, huh? Yeah, I do believe that. I, I, I absolutely do. Mm -hmm. Huh? All right. Well, hell's bells. <laughs> do, do you want? Do you want me to read my crystal ball for you too? Uh, do what does your horoscope say? What are you, and what does it say about you? Are you a? Uh, uh, I have no fucking clue. I'm a Leo. A Leo. That means I'm a. You're a lion. <laughs> All right. I'm a lion. I'm a self-centered shocker. I am. A, I have a big heart. Uh -huh. I am kind of a warrior as well. Okay. And uh, I, I think some of those things kind of accurately define me. Are you, you're self-centered? You don't strike me as self-centered at all, are you? Well, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, um, are you, are you, a, no, I like you to a, think that I'm not, but are, are you uh, a cusp Leo? Like where you're a blend of whatever comes before or after the Leo time period, or are you like right in the center, full-blown fucking Leo? I am a cusp Leo. Oh. I am. A, and, and I have been told there was one guy that I was friends with at the Zen Center and he was like really super into um, astrology. Oh, and I told him, I told him the, the day that I was born and he was like, hmm. He's like, I see you more as a Virgo than oh. a Leo. Okay. So, so I thought that was interesting. Leo Virgo, which a Virgo is like, when's your birthday? I'm, I'm a terrible friend. But oh, I just told you I don't care um, about birthdays. So. Yeah, August 21st. August 21st. Okay, so that's pretty close to being a Virgo, huh? You're, you're, you're Leo, cuspish Virgo. Yeah, I think the 23rd is a Virgo. All right. Uh, don't ask me about any of mine. I, I don't know. Uh, when, when is your birthday? May? April 23rd. April 23rd. Okay, I was yeah. going to say May. Um, I had no I idea that you were into... And when it pops up in my calendar, I say, happy birthday, Mike. So dig this. Okay, so back on the Facebook thing. Uh, actually, Facebook was what caused me to do this. So I realized that Facebook was reminding me about birthdays. Um, some people I cared about, other people I didn't care about. But I didn't like the fact that Facebook was reminding me. And I hated interacting with it. Like, even if it was like, hey, today's Derek's birthday. I love Derek. I want to wish him a happy birthday. Uh, let him know I'm thinking of him. Haven't talked to him in months. It'd be a great reason just to say, hey, how you doing? But I don't want to do it through Facebook because then the first thought, at least on for me, is, oh, Facebook reminded him it's my birthday. This is a much less valid happy birthday wish 
because Facebook reminded you. Thanks. I appreciate it. Whatever. Fucking who cares? That's my thought. Uh, so in Facebook, what I realized is, okay, uh, Facebook's reminding me about people's birthdays. I don't want to interact with them, but I do want to be the guy who remembers people's birthdays because, uh, I think that's a cool, friendly thing to do. Even though, like I said, I don't truly care about birthdays, but it's a great reason to stay in touch with people that you do care about, um, or haven't talked to in a while. So what I start doing is adding people's birthday into my Google calendar and making a recurring annual event. So I get a notification um, when it's people's birthdays. And over the years, I've built up a full calendar of virtually everybody I give a shit about. Uh, and Google reminds me of their birthday. Uh, and even the people who like I'm probably going to need to buy a present for or think about ahead of time a little bit, I'll set a reminder via email that comes like a month or two weeks before the actual birth date so that I, I have enough advance time to like, you know, plan something or order a gift or, or think about what maybe I could do to make their birthday cool. Um, which is, I guess is a big contradiction, uh, to my whole diatribe of not caring about birthdays. But, um, I guess I don't care about birthdays, but I do like people I care about to feel good. So I think that's, that's, that's the reason. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I'm thinking about you. Happy birthday, dude. Yeah. Or whatever. But yeah, I think, it's like, always kind of nice. But if I see it's Derek's birthday coming up in my Google calendar, it'll remind me a few days before or whatever. Um, then on the birthday, I think it's much better to like call or text you usually just a text. Uh, I'll fire off a text. Hey brother, hope you're having a great birthday. Say hi to the family, miss you guys and that sort of thing. And I think that yeah. message to me feels much more personal than posting it on Facebook. And you're right about the phone call too. Like it's your birthday. Like I, I'm doing stuff. I don't, you know, I don't want to hang on the phone for like 30 minutes or so, yeah. you know, yeah, and I'm the seventh person to call you that day. Uh, you know, wish you happy birthday. Like, hey, thanks. I'm golfing today, Mike. I don't really have time to talk. Yeah. Well, I do, I do call. I'll I'll call my brothers and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, be like, hey, happy birthday, dude. Okay, yeah, you got to go. Okay, all right, man. Happy birthday. Love you. Whatever. Yeah. You know, that's that's par for the course, right there. But yeah, you don't call like all your friends and be like, hey, man, happy birthday. Let me get hook you up and get you on the phone here for an hour. Yeah, what are you doing? You're going to celebrate? Going to go out and have some beers? Uh, 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 I'm not going to join you because I have young kids. So whatever you're doing, count me out. Uh, that's <laughs> that's the underlying context. Let me take one hour out of the 12 hours of your birthday here and let's chat. Yeah. You know what? My, my birthday move is normally first on the draw because I wake up super early, dude. Um, most days I'm up sometime between 4 and 5 in the morning. And Wowzers. And I see the notification when I wake up because I'm half asleep, taking a dump or whatever, like flipping through my phone and I'll see, oh, hey, it's Derek's birthday. Uh, I'll fire off a text um, really fucking early, not usually at 5 a.m. because that's a dick move, but uh, I'll usually fire off a text around 7 or 8. Uh, still kind of a dick move, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm normally first to wish you a happy birthday. Uh, I'm normally going to beat your grandma or any of your other friends for sure. Um, and... Uh, uh, I think that's kind of my move is, is, and I almost have this fantasy by me acknowledging your birthday super early. It shows me to be an attentive friend because you're the first thing I thought of when I woke up. I know it's your birthday. Hey, have a great one. And, uh, you're welcome for waking you up. And, and if you don't do it while you're thinking about it, you'll say, oh, okay, well, I'll get it in a little while. Oh, and I do that all the time where like I'll do that and I'll read an email or a text message and I'll say like, I'm going to, I'm going to reply back to that. And you never do. And you're no. like, son of a bitch. No, I fall victim to that so many times. You, you have to do it right away. Yeah. My email inbox is full of 
unread messages that I have actually read, but when I read them, I thought, oh, I better get to that later. Mark them back as unread, and I never look at them again. Yeah, that's definitely a tough trap. And uh, yeah, sometimes it's like you got to, I've used that explanation before. Like, hey, I'm sorry. I read this earlier. I forgot to reply. I was going to reply later and I didn't. Please understand. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I've done that with texts too, where like you said, you see a text, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get back to that guy, but I'm busy right now. I'll do it later. Or this, this requires me to go do something first and then I'll have an answer and I'll text you back or I'll get to that later basically. And then you forget. And then later on, days, weeks, however fucking long later, you're you're in your text or whatever, and you happen to scroll down. You're like, oh, shit, I forgot to write back <laughs> to Steve. Uh, that sucks. And then you got to do that apologetic, sheepish, tail-between-your-legs response like, hey, Steve, so sorry, man. Things got crazy, and I saw your text on Thursday morning when you sent it. I meant to get back to you, and oh, gosh, man, you know, stuff's crazy. So um, anyway, here's the answer that you were asking for three weeks ago. I hope it's still relevant. <laughs> well, you, you, yeah. And you've seen Gmail now, right? If you don't respond to something, hey, you haven't responded to this in two days. This this was sent to you two days ago. Would you like to respond it? Respond yeah, to it? You, you get that? I do. And I'm kind of like, stop reading my fucking emails. I, yeah. Okay. You have the same thing. Like my first thought there is like, fuck you, man. I'll get back to that if I want to. Don't fucking tell me. And yeah, I did forget about it. I should have responded, but fuck you for telling me that. You're not my goddamn boss. And you, you read, and I mean, they read, uh, or they had a machine learning program go in there and figure out that it was kind of something that was requesting some sort of a reply or yep. they, there was a they question flagged in there. it as a reply. And yep. it's like, I get out of my email. Uh, I know. Well, we talked about this before where, um, it's, well, I don't know if we talked about this on the show. I know you and I have talked about it before, but just, just the, the, the pure like question of, why does Gmail give us this amazing tool, Gmail? Why do they give us this tool for free? You know, there's a ton of investment involved in supporting and developing and improving and maintaining Gmail, along with all the other fucking products. But they give us this incredible tool with an immense amount of storage for free. Why would they mm-hmm. do this? Out of the goodness of their hearts? Are they truly that uh, generous? Of course not. They're using this amazing email product to harvest data about us to learn about our buying habits and to sell our information to marketing agencies. So it's kind of our fault for using this really awesome, free, enticing tool mm-hmm. uh, and and them reading our email and, re- and asking us if we want to reply to Steve or any number of things they do, like embedding ads into our fucking inbox. Uh, that is all the price we pay for enjoying this awesome free email tool. When the product is free, you are the product. That's, that's yeah, the, that was a way simpler way of saying what I was fumbling around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the answer is why would they give us this free? It's because they're selling you. They're making money off you. They're not generous. They're not, they're not developing this for free just to be cool. It's a good point. I, I, I do kind of want to, I mean, well, there's the age old thing like, oh, I don't have anything to hide on my email, so I don't really care. But, you know, at the same time, who knows if this is this is all being stored on a server somewhere. It's being analyzed. It's being uh, categorized, classified, cohorted, clustered, yeah. you know, all the above. And 
just analyzing you to pieces, they probably know what your MBTI profile is. Um, the Myers-Briggs personality thing, they probably know. I mean, they, they've probably extrapolated all that. And I, I say this because I have a machine learning or a data science uh, background. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's, uh, I'm not comfortable with it, <laughs> but, but I haven't taken the step yet to, to get another email, but, uh, I, I do think I'm going to do that relatively soon. Well, we've talked about that before, too. Like, OK, so what is a secure alternative? Is there another email program out there that isn't, uh, you know, fucking reading your email or using is selling your information to marketing agencies? Is there another email program out there that is, uh, you know, available for a fee? Like, do I need to pay 10 bucks a month for a secure, truly encrypted, like uh, no fucking eyeballs on what I'm doing email program? And you thought you found one. I forgot the name of it, but then you looked into it deeper and found out, oh, no, it's actually not as secure or uh, private as I thought. Um, have you yeah, found that was one? Where are you at with that? Proton Mail. Proton um, Mail. Mail. You know, uh, and, and I can't prove any of this. So, you, you know, I, I don't know. This is oh, just this what somebody told me. Of Derek's Conspiracy Corner? Yeah. All right. It's just that that proton mail isn't necessarily as secure as they say. Like, I, I guess eyes can get on your proton mail. Okay. And they do. There is some uh, data. This is what I was told. I have no idea if it's true or not. So don't come after me. Uh, but um, so it, whatever it was that I heard, it was enough to to steer me away from that. Uh, but then th there was another service that absolutely uh, does work. Um, but uh, let's see, what was that called? I thought I had it still on my thing. The problem is, though, is that the person that's receiving the email has to be online at the time that you send it. Oh, and it doesn't it, it sit can, in a cloud waiting for them to reconnect. It is. It's sitting in a cloud up to 30 minutes waiting for them to connect. Uh, and then when when they send it to you, I mean, it, it's really it's just a blob, uh, an, an encrypted packet that gets sent up to a server. And then it'll continuously from that server try to connect to you if you don't respond within 30 minutes and it's gone. Well, so it's kind of like a phone in a way, right? It's kind of like if your phone's not on, you're not going to get that that um, that call. But you, when you turn your phone on um, an hour, a week later, uh, that missed call will still be in your history. That's true. So that that would be kept on the metadata for that would be kept on the server so but, um yeah well that that seems useless though so let me make sure i'm understanding this right okay so you send me an email through this program uh i'm not logged on um i don't log on very often so i actually don't log on to that email for like another week the email that you sent today is no longer sitting there waiting for me it's gone as if you never sent it i never see it that's right well that's you would have useless. to have either that app open on some other computer or or something along those lines. I'm not quite certain. Uh, well, it, the name of it is Cryptext. Cryptext. And yeah, All Cryptext. Right. C R I P T E X T. And you know, it's. Uh, I I think it's probably it's it's ultra secure, right? It's it's too secure. I don't need it to be that secure. I don't really. I'm not like in the spy industry or anything. Yeah. But um, you know, it it is very secure though. I mean, I I heard that was pretty much just uh, as secure as you can get. Huh. But I, I don't need as secure as you can get. That I just don't inconvenient. want. And then, I mean, so like, can you, from that thing, can you email anybody? Can you email me on like my personal domain email account? You can email me into my Gmail. And, but even if you can and, and it's gone yeah, in 30 minutes, then I mean, what fucking good is that, dude? 
yeah, I think it will it will send to you. Um, it's when, but the only way that it's truly secure is if you also have Cryptex. Oh, if you send it to so, Gmail, then it's no longer secure because Gmail is not that's secure. Right. Right. Yeah, G- Gmail is going to read it and say, oh, thank you. I see this come from Cryptex. You must have something to hide. So I think the only answer to this, this is a uh, hot topic. So the only answer to this is to, if you if you really don't want anyone else dicking with your email or or the, the, the chore of making sure whoever is receiving your email has the same Cryptex email program, which is fucking super unlikely, uh, then you need to own your own domain email. That's the way to do it is get your own .com or .net or .info or .biz or whatever fucking nonsense domain you want and then get your own email account like Derek at bullshit.biz. Uh, then, then whatever you're doing within that email, that uh, email server is um, virtually private, right? Or maybe the hosting well, company Even though with that it. domain, you need a mail server. Okay. So the question is, do you set up your own mail server and a VPN? what is a VPS or one of those, um, uh, a VM, a virtual machine that you rent or, I mean, that's, that's the ultra secure oh. thing, but then you got to maintain a virtual machine with an email server on there. So then there are other services too, that you, you would pay for that would be less creepy. Uh, you know, one that's coming to mind, I think that probably would be a great candidate is rack space mail. It's, um, I think it's like 10 bucks a month. Oh, and you're just renting and your you have own a great space, web interface. Basically. All right. And you can use your own domain. All right. On that. Well, that's cool. All right. Yeah. And I think I'm thinking about, uh, flipping that on. I, I might do that. That's that. It never I, came to me until right now. I would Rackspace like that. Now. So like, so if I just go to like, I don't know, GoDaddy and buy a .com address and buy an email package and I get Mike at this email is awesome.com. Uh, that's that webmail server is not secure because it's through GoDaddy server? Well, it's it's secure, generally speaking. I mean, it's you know, everything is through SSL, the uh, HTTPS All right. now. So it, it will go, it will be secure. And I, you know, there was a time not that, that long ago where mail would go and not through HTTPS. I mean, it was just sent in clear text. And, and actually that may happen still in some regards. But, um, you know, the the secureness that I'm talking about is all the emails that you sent are not like kept forever on a server and then tied to your name and all the attributes about you and further used in order to define your personality and to figure out which clusters and cohorts of people you belong to uh, based on every ounce of data they can grasp from you. Hmm. Okay. Not not to scare you, but that's what happens in some cases. But still, okay, so maybe it's not completely secure if I get my own, like, GoDaddy or, or web server email through my own domain. But it's certainly not going to be, my inbox won't be infiltrated by whatever ads Google wants to serve me. Yeah, they won't be scouring through your email. I mean, building, I don't know about some like of a, these. a marketable profile of myself. Like, oh, hey, Mike's about to buy a car and he doesn't even know it yet. But we we know by his behavior he's going to buy a car within the next year. So now we're going to show him Audi ads in his email inbox. Have you got some uh, ads that kind of uh, scared you a little bit? Never scared me, but that are certainly related to not only recent online activity, but literally shit that I've talked about. Yeah. Uh, my phone is listening to me and 
I thought I've turned off the uh, the OK Google feature where it's like, yeah, I, I don't need to have you available at the at the uh, beck and call of my voice. If I ever want to search something, I'm I'm cool with just grabbing my phone and searching it. I don't need you listening to everything I say, waiting for me to say OK Google and commanding you to do a search. Um, because I know all you're doing is analyzing everything I'm saying, just like you're analyzing my email, and you're using all that information to build a, a marketable um, uh, product, me. So I know I have had ads that were based on things that I had just said recently in conversation. And that's weird. Here's another one. Did you know when you walk around with your Wi-Fi on that there's stores that will read your Wi-Fi, find out the unique MAC address of your phone and dial back into the central computer and they'll know that you're at Macy's. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Even if yep. I don't connect to Macy's Wi-Fi. Yep, that's right. Wow. Yeah, just having your Wi-Fi on. There was another uh, scandal that I had heard where the Google... Um, Earth or Google uh, Maps uh, cars were driving around and connecting to people's Wi or getting all the metadata of everybody's Wi-Fi that was broadcasting. Wow. Creepy. Wow. Creepy. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, dude, all that's weird. Like like, like you said earlier, I'm, I'm not doing anything weird. Like, I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, plan terrorist activity uh, on my Gmail account or anything. So I'm not worried about what I'm writing or doing or going being seen or known, I just don't like it. I, I don't want the fact that I'm walking by Macy's to be uh, stored in a server. All that's being built to build some sort of a personality profile that a computer analyzes for marketing reasons. You know, they're going to be like, oh, he walked by a Macy's uh, or he went over here, he did this. Let's recommend restaurants in that area. Let's serve him ads based on his activity or, or behaviors or life patterns or whatever like fuck all that that feels very intrusive i don't like it it shouldn't be happening and it's really gone way too far it, it really has it's a hard thing to regulate right because i mean you keep hearing about initiatives all the time to regulate what these companies can do and and i don't truly know what the result of a lot of them is it would take a ton of time to research or get involved but it feels like most of what these companies are required to do when they're harvesting all this data and you, and in, in violating your 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 privacy in a lot of ways is include this in small text of user agreements that no one fucking reads and just clicks accept on. Yeah, what are you going to do? You you go through and you uh, um, you set up a Gmail account or what whatever it is that you're doing, and then yeah. hey, accept this, the terms of this agreement and just by the virtue of it being. Uh, 60 pages long. Yeah. You're like, what am I going to do? Am I going to not set up this account that I just walked, spent five minutes filling out my, all, all my information? Or, yeah. yeah. I'm either just going to go, you know, well, yeah. nope, I guess I don't need email or I'm going to sit and read a 60 page, uh, user, <laughs> user agreement. Like no, no, no. And they know that. And that's, that's, you know, part of the underhanded lawyer nonsense is just let's make it exhausting and unreadable and then no one will read it and everyone will just agree to it. And and they they win. They, they, they're right. They do. Yeah. 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 Man. Yeah. Now I'm just mad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, did you find a nanny yet? Uh, no, no. Um, Man, blast. So 
We have not had a lot of luck on finding applicants to apply for the job. Still, same situation. No one wants to work. Uh, we have one possible prospect who will not be available until October. Um, and that's a long time, but it's fucking something, right? So we're still yeah. actively looking for other prospects. But, hey, at least we have one that might be available in October. Um, and, you know, it'll be October before we know it. So, you know, we're still we're still uh, keeping that ball rolling and trying to roll other balls. But the truth is there's just not that many balls to to roll. So we're stuck. And the current nanny, the one who talks to my son like a caveman, uh, her last day was supposed to be this last Tuesday, um, three days ago. And on that last day, my wife approached her with an offer and basically told her like, hey, um, we don't have anybody. We're in super bad shape here. So if you'll be willing to give us two more months and stay till October, we'll pay you an even higher hourly rate. Um, and we won't even make you stay the whole day. You can leave an hour early. Uh, would you stay for two months under, under those circumstances? And caveman nanny agreed to stay for two more weeks at that, uh, increased rate and reduced time commitment agreement. So that's where we're currently at now. We're paying her more than we used to, um, to sit on the couch and talk to my son like a caveman. And, uh, and, she's not willing to do it for two more months. She's only willing to do it for two more weeks. So we bought ourselves two weeks of mediocrity for a shitload more money. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah winning. That's, uh, <laughs> winning. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it hey, sucks, it's, but Hey, at least there's someone the small right victories. there. Yeah, man. There's someone at our house right now, uh, making sure my son doesn't run with scissors. So that's, that's a win at this point. Maybe uh, she just realizes that every two weeks she can come back to the negotiating table. Uh, you know what bothers me, dude? Like, and maybe it shouldn't. Oh, fuck. Is is that um, there's no difference in the in the work we asked her to do? She was leaving because she had a hard out. She's like, no, I'm I'm done on this date. You know, we asked her to stay longer, and she was like, no, I'm I'm really sorry, but it has to end at the two week notice, and I'm my Tuesday is going to be my last day. Like, okay. So then on Tuesday, we hit her up and offered her more money to stay. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'll stay for two more weeks under that new increased rate. Like, A, fuck you. Time wasn't the problem. If time was the problem, you would just say, oh, I really appreciate the offer. But really, I, I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done on Tuesday. Uh, but the, the fact that she was all of a sudden available for two more weeks, um, but only for a new increased rate, which is we were already paying her a lot of money. It was 20 bucks an hour. And then uh, we offered her $25 an hour to stay for this extra time period. Um, a $5 increase is a big hourly increase. And yes. uh, part of me is angry that she accepted the $5 increase. And, and I, I, I'm not surprised at all. I'm just angry that her answer was not, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not available. And if you are, in fact, available for two more weeks... I'm angry that you took more money from us. Like, you know us. You know we're not rich. You, you, you're you inside our home. You know our kids. Like, you bitch. You, you're willing to just take more money from us because you know we're in a bad situation. That's yeah. fucked up, man. Yeah, that's uh, it's somebody that you would really love to fire. <laughs> oh, God, could. I swear, Derek. <laughs> I mean, if someone, a good candidate came now 
and she was good and willing to start work and all that and start immediately and everything was good and the wife liked her and all that was great, I would I would very happily just be like, hey, we don't need you anymore. Never come back. Like I would I, I don't want to say I would enjoy firing her, but honestly, I think I would enjoy firing her. Yeah, that's that's difficult, man. I that's tough, man. man. I I really don't even know what to say. I just well, I what just can hope you say? It that, just, it, yeah. it's it's indicative of the current situation we've created for ourselves. Not not just us as a family, but us as a country. This is this is what we get for um, creating an environment that is um, so difficult to a um, support your family on without both parents working. I mean, the ideal situation would be I go to work and make enough money to support my wife and I, and she doesn't have to work. And maybe if we had a less expensive life, we could pull that off. Um, and honestly, I, I feel like that would be a better option than going down the road we're going down right now. But my wife has a great career. She actually makes more money than I do. And I really like my job and my career. So neither one of us want to quit. Uh, so then we're stuck being at the mercy of available childcare, and unfortunately, right now childcare is just not available. And um, people like this nanny are empowered to twist the knife once they've got it in your back. You know what I mean? Like she knows that she has us in a position to where we need her, and uh, she's obviously exploiting that shamelessly. And that sucks to be in that position. Well, I think you got a you got a car seat in the back there. Uh, you can see my car seat in the in the truck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah yeah. I've got a car seat back there. Yeah. Hey, uh, there there they are. There's your answer. Yeah. Bring them. Just bring them to work. I, <laughs> I told my boss that. You know, I mean, uh, I was he he knows what situation I'm going through, and he he asked me every time he sees me like, hey, any luck on the nanny situation? And uh, the answer is just always like, nope, nope, still looking and all that. And he's like, what are you gonna do? And I just told him. I'm going to get my kids a work shirt and just start bringing them to work, dude. I mean, they could be an asset to this organization. Like, are you looking for two uh, miners to uh, to hit the road and start start making some money? Hey, uh, yeah, why not? Get yeah. them started early. Right? Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this is the economy, son. I know you're only six months old, but this is, this is the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> get to work. Man. Dude, I just got... Yeah. Uh, I just got... Uh, a voicemail. I see it on my phone because I have transcription where, uh -huh. uh, you know, someone leaves a voicemail and it and it types what they say, and I enjoy that a lot actually because it's very um, buggy. They they never get what they say very um, very clearly. It's always wrong, and it's always fun to read what the the robot transcribes as what the person on the voicemail actually said. Um, but I can see that the voicemail is, "Hey Mike, it's me. Call me back." And Ooh. I hate that. I, I, I hate that shit, Derek. Yeah, I do too. What is the fucking point of leaving me a message with no message? The message is, hey, I'm calling you. Call me back. Like, I can I can gain all that information surely by the missed call notification. I don't need you to say that on my voicemail. What What's the Requ point? Respect my authority. Uh, call me. Call, yeah, me, well, me, 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 me. Yeah. Hey, I'm call trying to call me. you. Call me back. Hey, it's me. Call me back. Like, yeah, I know it's you. I see the missed call. <laughs> I, I, I see that you called me. You should me. have told me that. You should have told me that because that's all I'm going to do now if I ever get the voicemail. Just you be never, like, hey, Mike, it's me. When's the last call time you me. actually called me? 
yeah. <laughs> we don't call. We text and email. Yeah, we don't call. Yeah. There's no reason to like call. Civil, yeah, there's no reason to call. We we text like civilized people. And if I'm gonna call you, I'll text you a lot of times and say, "Hey, I'm gonna can call I call you? you? Yeah. I'm gonna call you." Yeah. I shall announce myself via text. That's right. Yeah, that's very uh, modern and very traditional of you. Like in the past. Uh, people would go to your house. There was obviously no phone to, to call ahead, but people would come to your house unannounced, of course. Uh, they would show up and they would they would present their calling card, and you know, like, uh, oh, hey, who's at the door? Like, so say I, I don't know in this scenario, like the help would answer the door, see that it's a guy, and the guy would say, "Hi, I'm so and so, and here's my card. I'd like to talk to Derek." And your help would uh, take that calling card, bring it up to you on the third floor because that's where you sit. And uh, they would present this caller's calling card, and you would say, hmm, it's Pete from the vacuum sales company. Huh, do I want to talk to Pete? And you would decide, yes or no, you want to talk to Pete, the vacuum salesman. And uh, you would either A, uh, walk down and talk to Pete, or B, tell your help to uh, kindly get rid of Pete in any way you see fit. And that's similar to your announcing, I'm going to call you via text. It's a very modern version of that same thing. Like, hey, yeah. it's me, Derek. I'd like to talk to you. And when I see that text, I can respond to that in any number of ways. First, I could just not respond for a while and hope that the window of your availability to call me passes. And then it's like, oh, hey, dude, sorry, I didn't see your text right away. Uh, uh, I'm busy. I'm at the grocery store, and uh, I'll give you a call later. It's a very easy thing to maneuver around. Um, but it's a polite thing to do to say, hey, can I give you a call uh, instead of just calling me? Because just calling me out of the blue a lot of times is perceived as a little intrusive which it shouldn't be but it is here's one here's one here's an, another annoyance um i bet you can respect this one you're texting somebody right you text back and forth and there's no delay between the text right you're right. hey mike how oh good you know oh yeah pretty good and then your phone starts ringing they call you you're like son of a bitch oh, you're like oh. you got me you got me i gotta pick it up now <laughs> oh man <laughs> Yeah. You ever read that one? Oh, yeah. Dude, for me, a lot of times it's like one of the kids is napping or something. So it's like the house is quiet (laughs) and I'm just sitting on the couch watching TV or whatever. And, you know, you're texting, oh, hey, how you doing? Hey, hope you're doing well. Hey, happy birthday. Haven't talked to you in a while. Whatever, you know, just shooting off a message. And then, yeah, that person just calls and your phone's ringing. And you're like, fuck. They know know I'm on my phone. I just texted them four seconds ago. I know uh, you're there. Pick it up. Let's see. Let's, yeah. let's do a little test for Mike here. <laughs> yeah. More more often than not, I'll do the thing where you refuse the call and you can you can shoot a message back, and it'll be something like, "Oh, hey, you know, sorry, uh, kids are sleeping, can't talk. You know, what's up? Something like that." That that's usually the yeah. response you'll get. You know, back in the day too, that that was so difficult. Sometimes um, I had neighbors before that would, you know, they they would see your car out front uh. and. And you're like, the and they would in. just come and knock. I just pop in and be like, "Hey," and I'm like, "No, just leave me alone. Just uh, let me be." And uh, uh, that, luckily, is is fast fading away with the immediacy of text. It still exists, it but it used to be. You got to be careful. Days, it used to be so much more common for your doorbell to ring and actually go, "Oh, someone's here." Now, when my doorbell rings, I just go, ah, oh, it's fucking Amazon. Don't ring the doorbell. Just leave it on the porch, you know? Yeah, don't even open the door. Like, I, I no. need to see who you are before I even open the door now. I don't answer my door. If my doorbell rings, my first thought is, 
never, oh, I should go answer that. It's always, who the fuck is that? Yeah, you know, I, when I lived in L.A., it was funny because I just, I don't know what it was. We didn't have like a gate, one of those uh, iron doors uh, in between our door, and then somebody would knock on it, and I would just feel like, oh, I got to go investigate the danger. And it was really stupid because you, you get so many, you get wackos even, I mean, that uh-huh. just come up to your door and then you get people that are always trying to sell you stuff or, uh. and, and the ones that are uh, a little bit more prevalent, that's getting, getting more prevalent. It seems like at least when I used to live there was you get the people that come up and they have some sort of official looking uh, mm. something, like, whether it's a like clipboard, a, a clipboard. Yeah. What's this guy up to? What's he writing down? And a and a shirt, you know, a certain shirt, and you're like, oh, yeah, like no, it's got a logo on really. it. You can't make it out, but it's a polo shirt with a logo. His shirt's tucked in. You're like, mm, this guy works for someone. Is he trying to sell me something, or is he like from the from the fucking animal control service or something? I think a lot of times it's a scam. Mm. They're scams too. Yeah, where they're just like, hey, um, if you if you buy like some chocolate from me, I can win a trip to Cancun. Can you buy it? And it's like. Yeah, I know you have no uh, patience for this, the soliciting there. And I, I just, I don't answer my door at all anymore. In fact, I have a storm door even outside my door. So like, there's <laughs> no way you, you can't even touch my door. And it's not for I like, like mother nature storms. It's for human storms that you're trying to avoid. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, I just, uh, yeah. that, that storm door I think is harder to break open than my regular door. Like you can kick my regular door open. A storm door, you need a pry bar, so you better think of think ahead and bring a pry bar. <laughs> you better because you're be, not gonna just you be better able to come knock prepared on this sales call. Yeah. No, it's the same way, dude. Like I like you said, back in the day when your doorbell rings, I automatically expected I'm going to answer it, you know, no matter who it is. Uh even if it's a solicitor, it's probably a neighbor, it might even be a, a friend or a relative who just decided to pop in. But that doesn't really happen anymore. Now it's it's either A, a delivery person, and I don't want them to ring the doorbell anyway. Just leave it and go. Uh, or B, it's a salesperson. And either way, I don't want to talk to them. So my first reaction when I hear the doorbell these days is just, no, stop ringing my doorbell. Like, God damn it. It's, it's anger and avoidance. I do not think of, oh, I wonder who it is. Like a phone call. Oh, hey, I wonder who it is. Who's calling me? Who would like to talk? Um that does not happen when my doorbell rings or my doorbell knocks or my, someone knocks on the door. Um, and the thing with salesmen is you're right. When a salesman knocks on my door, there is zero chance of selling me anything. There's very little chance you'll even get a second of my time. And if you do get a second of my time, it's really just for me to tell you to fuck off. Um, uh, but as someone who's been in customer service and sales for so long, I really appreciate the selling process. So I love running into someone who is trying to sell me something like in a parking lot or out and about, because uh, then it's entirely different. If someone walks up to me trying to sell candy bars to win a trip to Cancun, like in the parking lot of a Stater Brothers, I'm totally going to talk to them and I want to hear their pitch. And more often than not, I'm going to give them pointers on, on their, their sales pitch. <laughs> I'm so annoying. I'm sure they're just like, just buy a fucking candy bar, dude. Uh, but I will totally like analyze their pitch, give them some pointers and um, may or may not buy something depending on the quality of their salesmanship. Uh, but um, this dollar is going to cost you a speech. Yeah. 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 You're going to have to listen to me. 
<laughs> You're going to have to listen to my discourse now for a dollar. <laughs> you know, they're thinking that they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, I start. Putting, there we I, go. I start putting them through like on the job sales training and they're just like, dude, <laughs> I'm just selling candy bars, man. Like, this is not my career <laughs> just, goal. I, I, I don't even want to do this. Do you want to buy a candy bar or not? Uh, but I enjoy that process. Like, I, I, I honestly I don't I think I'm excited for the time when my boys are old enough to start doing their own fundraisers because I'm going to expect them to be very effective and they're probably going to resent me for it. But I'm, I'm going to expect them to, A, do all the work. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of when someone at work brings in a whole box of candy bars and they're like, oh, hey, my my Amanda is uh, raising money for her swim team. So, uh, hey, anyone want to buy candy bars? And I'm like, yeah, well, where's Amanda and what's her pitch? Like, why would I buy candy bars from you? You're not on the swim team. You're just selling them for her? No. No, 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 no. Uh, I want to hear Amanda's pitch. She needs to put in the legwork here. If she's trying to raise money, she needs to be the one raising the money, not just give mommy a box of chocolates and have her take them to work and sell them all. Nah, nah, nah. And and she's your boss, so you're under duress. Mm, like, I, I, I think, oh, gosh. I think some people feel that way, but I, I don't. I'm a little different where I'm just kind of like, oh, is she? Uh, I'll even kind of be a jokey, serious jerk about it. Like, uh Oh well, uh, is she planning on coming in to give the give a presentation on on what she's trying to raise money for or something like that? And, Get her on the phone now. Yeah, <laughs> I want to talk to Amanda. I've done that. I've actually done that. Do with a friend yeah. <laughs> at the at a oh my god at Clear Channel when I used to work at the Clear Channel radio stations. Um, oh god, who was that? Someone's kid was raising money. Fuck, I don't even remember their name. Anyway, a coworker's kid was raising money. This exact situation. They brought in a box of, of chocolates. And, uh, and, you know, everyone's like, oh, cool. I'll buy one. I'll buy one and all that. And I'm just like, I'm not going to buy one without hearing the pitch. <laughs> and she's just like, no, come on. Seriously? And I was like, no, man, I, I would totally. I'll buy like five of them if, uh, if the cause is good. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to hear the pitch. And uh, they got Jerry McGuire over here. They got, just a dick. And, and when you're sitting at work, you got nothing but time anyway. You know what I mean? So just like, fuck it. What else am I going to do? Like work? No, that does, that's not fun. I'd rather I'd rather put your kid through the ringer. Um, By the so. time she's getting off the phone, she's like, show me the money. <laughs> yeah. Show me the money. Show me the money. Oh, dude, totally. And the kid had a good pitch. Uh, she got her kid on the phone, and uh, I was just like, so what are you raising money for? And this one was uh, a class trip. I don't even remember where. I wasn't even paying attention to details. It was purely just like, how are you presenting it? Are you creating a need, or are you just asking for something? And uh, um, she didn't create a need very well, but she did clearly communicate what the goal was and her own motivation to help her class reach that goal and wanted to be a part of like the team and making it succeed and all that. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did a good job of, of, of selling it. I'll buy a candy bar. What was she six? Oh God. I don't know. She was on the phone. I didn't see her. She's pretty well-spoken. She was probably poor, poor little six year old. Like, uh, what? <laughs> oh my God. Another I'm going to send you a book called the greatest salesman in the world, Amanda. <laughs> You're going to read it. I want, you to re I want you to report back to me in a month. Yeah, I'm going to sign you some Dale Carnegie books, and uh, I'm going to need a book report on those. And uh, we're also going to need to recap this pitch before your campaign is over because uh, I'm, I'm going to need to really feel it. I'm going I'm to need to feel the desire. you got to make me want these candy bars. You know what's funny, too, is when I'm doing that, when I was, when I was doing that, I, I truly felt like 
I'm helping this kid. Like, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a positive presence in her life. Like this helped her grow as a person. And now that I'm telling you the story and saying it out loud, like I'm just <laughs> I'm just an annoying dick. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's a price for everything. And if you want my money, you you gotta pay the price. <laughs> my price is sitting and listening to me blow wind. That's <laughs> that's my price. <laughs> oh my I used God. to know I used to uh be roommates with a guy that was homeless before in the past. Oh yeah. And he would tell me some stories about like because he was homeless in the Anaheim area for like quite some time. Huh. Um and his big spot was like McDonald's. And he he would tell me he was like, Man, it was just so annoying when somebody would give you five bucks and then they want to like start to be your spiritual mentor, you know, and they're like, you know, he was talking about the price that he had to pay for every time he got a dollar. It was like, man, sometimes it's just not not worth it. (laughs) That is, that is an awesome perspective where it's like, Hey man, you got your spare change or a buck or whatever. And and the guy's like, I'll give you a dollar, but, uh, where did you go wrong in your life? Like, tell me your story and, and, and yeah, take all kinds of time. I could just picture as a homeless guy, just be like, Man, you gonna give me a dollar or not? Like, I don't have time for this shit. I'm homeless, but I'm also busy. You know, probably be a pretty good skit, like a comedy sketch. <laughs> that would be. Oh my, that's a funny perspective I've never thought of. Uh, did he give any examples? Like, like was it the people trying to give him advice, or was it them talking about themselves? Or God, it was probably all the above. I people are people are annoying, like 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 I am. Uh, I imagine he got all kinds of just fucking nonsense where it was just like, fuck it. It's not even worth your dollar. Like, keep it, dude. I think it was along the lines of like when people give you money and you're homeless. Yeah, they're going to they're going to talk to you about your possible crack addiction. They're going to try to convert you. They're going to try to uh, figure out what's wrong Uh, and, 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 you know, um, oh, what went wrong in your life and how can I fix it in four minutes? And, and part of it probably is too, you know, you're kind of raising yourself up while you're, uh, putting the other person down in a subtle way, like, oh, I'm better than you. So I have the right to, uh, give you a discourse on what it is that you should be doing with your life. And yeah, I think it was along those lines. He he just, that would get annoying. Yeah. And that was at, uh, McDonald's, um, that was the big spot. I think McDonald's is the international panhandlers um, uh, magnet. Really. Oh, really? I feel like, well, I guess I, I wouldn't know. I don't go to McDonald's often. And <clears throat> I, I feel like I get hit up for money more at like gas stations. And that's the worst, man. You see him. You're looking out of the corner of your eye, aren't you? You're like, oh, shit, here they come. Well, here you, he's you coming usually, after me. You see him coming across the whole parking lot. And lots of times when a gas station's crowded, you know, they hit two or three people before they come over to you. And you just see this fucking wave coming your way. And you're like, oh, God damn it. This guy's going to come ask me for money. And you're, you're watching the pump. He knows you're captive because, you know, you got to pump fucking 14 gallons of gas and you're only on gallon three. And you're just like, oh, God damn it. Oh, come on. Come on. You know, pump faster. Uh, this guy's almost here, and then he finally comes up, and then you got to act like, oh, hey, how's it going? you got to be cool, right? And what I hate is the – well, this is weird. I'm contradictory because I love the pitch when a kid's selling candy bars, but I hate the pitch when someone's just asking for a dollar. I feel like more often than not, I get this story that's always the fucking same for some reason, like, hey, I'm coming all the way out here from out of town, and my car broke down, and I just need enough yep. money to get over to Chino, you know, and can you help me out? Man, can I- you help me with that? And I'm like – I'll just give you a dollar, dude. I, I don't I don't need to know what you need it for. I don't care if you go buy fucking 
bottle of alcohol. Like, you need a buck? If I have a buck, I'll give you a buck. More often than not, I don't have a buck because I never carry cash. I use credit cards for fucking everything. But if I have a buck, I'll just give it to you, dude. It's probably been in my wallet for a month. I don't use cash. Uh, if I have it, you can have it. I don't want to hear the whole story. Best of luck. Yeah, the the ran out of gas one. That's definitely heard that one a bunch of times. And it's bullshit, right? Or does yeah. it just that happen just as that many people all the time? I feel like it's always the same. And and my thought is, you don't own a car. Like, don't bullshit me. You've got half, yeah. you got half a shoe on. You, you don't own a car. Yep. Yeah, no, that that happens. And then the um, the other one at like uh, AutoZone or whatever, if you're there and you got to pop your hood open, oh, man, like back in L.A. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've used some. I, I used one guy's help one time and but he, he had this machine and he hooked it up to my car and he was acting like he knew what he was doing. I'm like, oh, gosh, here we what, go. What do you mean? Like he, he was he, selling a service like, hey, uh, for five bucks, I can what? He hooks something up to your car. Yeah, I had the check engine light coming on and, and he he got me. He got me in a time when I was like, okay. And he was like, what's the matter? And um, I was like, yeah, my check engine light is coming on. And he's like, oh, well, that's because your gas cap is not on properly. You need a new gas cap. That wasn't it. Uh-huh. But he hooked up. He had this little computer and he hooked it up to the car. And I, I let him and I gave him 20 bucks or whatever. Uh, but he acted like he he that that's what the code was, was like, Oh yeah, your gas cap is not on. So, and of course that wasn't it, but so this guy worked at AutoZone or he's nope. just hanging out uh, in front of no, AutoZone he, with he the was, machine. He was the resident citizen, uh, homeless mechanic. What the fuck? This is, <laughs> this is new to me. Has this ever happened to you more than once? Or was this just one freak occurrence? Uh, I have to say I've been approached a couple times in an auto. I mean, th- this is LA. I, I, okay. I lived in LA proper. You know, I mean, this is like, I'm you know, impressed. You, yeah. I'm impressed by the ambition and ingenuity and, uh, and, and entrepreneurship of this guy. I, I like this guy. I would give him money. Yeah. That's why I gave him 20 bucks. I mean, it was, I, you know, in retrospect, it was worth it just in case. I mean, I ended up buying a gas cap that didn't do anything. Uh, so he, and I think he he lied a little bit. He just wanted the money in retrospect. Yeah. But I guess it was worth twenty bucks trying to uh, not know, go to uh, the, the I, shop. I respect him for trying to provide a service instead of just asking you for a dollar and coming up with a story like, "Hey, can I just have some money?" Uh, he's just yeah. like, "I'm going to find something that's worth some money." And instead of just begging you for a dollar, he he felt like he earned twenty bucks. That's that's fucking yeah, great. Yeah, he walked away with some dignity, yeah. Go this that's guy. True. I like that. I also like the guys that are willing to wash your car window uh, when they ask you for money. I don't want uh-huh. them to wash my car window because it looks like they're holding a bucket of mud, and I don't want them smearing that all over my windshield. I'm good, but I'll, I'm more likely to give you money purely because you're offering to provide some sort of service. You're showing some initiative. You're, 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 you're trying to do something. You're not just standing there going, hey, give me money. Uh, I, I, I like that you're you're attempting to appear productive and uh, I'm much more likely to give that guy money. Or if you're selling flowers and I I respect those people too, even if they're selling flowers or they're selling peanuts or cherries or whatever it is, you know, I totally I'm buying a bag of cherries for five bucks. 
I don't know how much money could you possibly be making off this? You know, okay, I'll I'll buy it off you. You know, you're sitting over here, you're sweating, and I got a bag of cherries for five bucks, and I didn't have to do shit. No, totally. Or like the flower thing, or whatever. Like you're out there, you 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 acquired flowers, you put them into bouquets, you're holding them up, like you're doing something. Uh, And and I think that is an admirable thing compared to someone who's just asking for money. And I will say. I totally give people money, whether they're selling cherries or flowers or just asking for money or fucking phony gas caps or whatever. Like I, I am very free about giving money. And I've been with a lot of people in a car where, uh, someone will come up and, you know, hit us both up for money. Cause we're both standing there in like businessy polo shirts. We look like we're fucking working, you know, and they were more likely to hit us up for money. Cause we look like we're working and they'll come over and ask us both for money. The other guy I'm with a lot of times will completely blow them off. Like won't even look at them, won't even talk to them or whatever. And that to me strikes me as kind of dickish and like elitist or, or, Oh, I'm better than you. And I'm not even going to, to lower myself to talk to you or look at you. Like to me, that rubs me the wrong way. Uh, I don't feel better than anyone, even if you're fucking crazy and screaming at a cloud or, uh, dirty as fuck or whatever. Uh, you're still a person, and I honestly don't feel better than you. Um, my current situation happens to be better than yours, but that could easily change. Um, and I don't know your backstory. I don't know the circumstances that led you to this point, and it's not my fucking business anyway. You're a person asking for help, and if I have a dollar, I'll give it to you. That's truly as simple as I see it. Um, I do enjoy the dance of... Um, analyzing their authenticity. Uh, but it doesn't play a huge role in whether or not I give them money. Um, even if I feel like you're totally bullshit and you're giving me the whole, I ran out of gas and I just need help to get to this other destination. I feel like all that's nonsense. I'll still give you money if I have it. I, I'm, I'm not attached to $5 or a dollar, uh, to where I'm making a decision of whether or not you're worthy of it. I'll give it to you either way, but I may have my own opinion on whether or not you're being honest. See, I don't know whether I'm going to give somebody money or not until I'm in that situation. And sometimes I do. And there's sometimes that I don't. And, yeah. and I, I think that it's, you know, I know I use the word energy, but it, it is kind of something energetically. And I, and, I, and I think that if I do feel something that is a little bit off about the, where I don't feel like they're coming at me clean and something is wrong, I'm just like, no, thank you. Or no. But uh, I have given a lot of money, um, probably yeah. more. I've given quite a bit of money in the past. The, the thing that I, the problem I run into now is I don't usually have cash on me. And when I do have cash, it's like a 20, uh, you know, and I, I'm just not, you know, I'm not willing to part with a 20 like most of the time. I have once. And no, no, same, dude. Like I never carry cash. I, I never have any reason for cash. Uh, everything I do, I literally buy everything on one credit card because I get rewards on it. And I never find myself in a position of needing cash. So randomly, I acquire cash in different ways. And cash sits in my wallet for months. And I forget it's there. Um, until someone hits me up at a gas pump. And then I go, oh, I do have money. Here, you can have this. It's been fucking sitting in my wallet forever. It's an inconvenience, and I'm glad to get rid of it. Please make good use of it. Buy yourself a 40. Um, but yeah, a lot of times I have a 20. And I'm not going to part with a 20 just on a whim. And we're just like, oh, hey, you need some help? And you're asking for a buck. Here's 20. I'm not 
fucking rich. Um, although, I guess, honestly, I wouldn't really feel a $20 gift. Uh, but it just feels like too much money just to hand out, right? But I did do it once. I was pulling out of a shopping center once, and I and toward the exit of the shopping center, like the little driveway that leads out to the main street, I was I was pulling out there, and there was a lady. Um, I don't. I, I'm bad at judging age, but she's probably in her late 30s, 40s, whatever. Like kind of a young mom, and her kid was sitting behind her, and the kid was probably five, four or five, I guess. And uh, they really did look down on their luck. And, um, you know, she was just kind of asking for money from cars as they exited the shopping center and pulled onto the main street. And the flow of traffic required me to move along pretty quickly. If I would have stopped right there, I would have been holding up a bunch of cars. So uh, I saw her and, you know, she didn't walk up to the window. She kind of looked at me like, you know, hey, uh, I could use some help over here. And I processed all that, had to go. And as I was pulling out of the shopping center, I thought she really liked look like she could use some money. I mean, she's got her kid sitting yeah. right there and it didn't look like the situation where she's forcing her kid to sit there to improve the likelihood of people feeling bad for her. It didn't feel that way. It felt very authentic. And, uh, as I pulled out, I was like, yeah, I need to circle back around. So I turned around, went into a different entrance of that same shopping center, drove around. And as I was coming around, I kind of parked away from where all the flow of cars was. And, um, parked there, rolled down the window, waved her over. She ran over and handed her a 20. I just went like, Hey, you know, um, have a great day or just something. I didn't need a lot from her. I didn't want the story or anything. I just went like, Hey, you know, uh, hope this helps something like that. And let's work on your sales pitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't give her the, uh, the sales training that I may have <laughs> gave someone else. Uh, but no, I just, yeah, I just yeah. felt like the right thing to do. And it, I don't know, it feels self-congratulatory to even tell someone that story, but, um, it, uh, it, no, well, it, and it does, it does feel good to do that too, though. I mean, there, yeah. I mean, not to, not to turn it into something selfish because I mean, it, you're being selfless, but, uh, it does feel good. I, yeah, I've, I've done that a good number of times as well. And yeah. it's just, uh, it does feel, it feels like it was the right thing to do. And there's times when I, I've run into situations where I wish I, I had given somebody that money, you know, yeah. and for whatever reason, I had a wall up and I was like, no, I'm not going to. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I was a real dick right there. Oh, you so, like in retrospect, you think about it later, like that, ah, that was yeah. fucked up. I wish I would have done that differently. Uh, yeah. You're either pressed by time. Like in this case, how I was forced out of the, the driveway, like quicker than I could really even think I was already holding people up. Uh, and yeah, in most cases you either can't or don't have time to circle back around and go do that. But you may think of it as you drive away, like, ah, oh, fuck, I, 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 I had a 20 in my pocket and that would have been a lot more use to them than it would be me. I don't give a shit about it. 20 bucks isn't going to make or break me, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it may make a big deal to them and her kid. So no, now I feel you. I've, I've missed or botched a few of those opportunities myself. And that one, and you just feel like a dick afterwards, you know, yeah. you're just like, Oh, what an asshole I was. Or yeah, it makes you think of yourself. Like, do, am, am, yeah. Well, what's up with me? Why, why did I, why did I, blow past that that opportunity to be real uh was i all caught up in my head was i was i too fucking full of myself was i what was wrong with me you know uh i missed that that moment and i think sometimes like you know i, I would have gotten burned in the past or, or some along those lines and then you know i carry that forward and i think about that and uh and then i get into this new situation not having let that 
previous situation let go. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, I'm not giving you money. I got burned last time. Oh, uh, yeah. What, for whatever reason. And oh, then you're um, like, uh, you're scorned. Like, oh, what a dickhead. You're I was. a scorned giver. Yeah. 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 And you're carrying around that baggage, dude, and, and, and dumping it all over everyone else you interact with. Yeah. You got to let that shit go. Yeah. And that's tough. Mm-hmm. You know what I think about sometimes, too, is when I see homeless people, I can't help but think about the place they chose to be homeless. And maybe much of it isn't a choice, but I mean, if you're homeless, what's keeping you there, right? You could go anywhere and be homeless. Um, I would put thought into where I was being homeless. Like uh, here in California. Well, that's um, why you're not homeless. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe, I guess so. But like you're in California, like I would not want to be a homeless guy in like Bakersfield or something, some hot shithole. Uh, I would go be homeless in like Huntington Beach or Laguna Beach or I, I certainly some beach. I would be a beach homeless guy. Uh, not Venice. No, no, not Venice. No, not Venice Beach. <laughs> Definitely not. Santa Monica, just, you know, a football field away. I'd be a homeless guy in Santa Monica. No, you can't. You can't be a homeless person over no, there. That's they, why they're all in Venice. They shoo you up to Venice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would find a beach. Ooh, uh, San Clemente. I would be a San Clemente homeless guy. I think that's where I would go, or a San Diego homeless guy. Uh, and I feel like the style being what it is in San Diego, you would blend in pretty well. Like people wouldn't really know you were homeless. You'd just be some guy wearing shorts and flip flops, maybe a little dirtier than some of the other guys, but. Uh, you know, you would just be another guy, another beach guy, another beach bum. I would definitely be a beach homeless guy. Yeah, I mean, what you need to get is as long as you uh, can shave, you know, uh, get a razor. Yeah. Um, jump in the in the water and uh, bathe every once in a while. Yeah. And uh, wash your clothes and then come out and, um, you know, kind of try to look presentable. Yeah. And um yeah, I guess that that would be the plan there. Get some gas caps, hang out in front of AutoZone and uh <laughs> I mean you you're you're off to the races. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, plus you're dealing with tourists when you're at the beach. Uh and tourists are going to be much more generous than Bakersfield where no one goes to Bakersfield for fun. No one's happy when they're in Bakersfield. So trying to hit people up for handouts in Bakersfield's got to be a lot harder than when you're in a beautiful place like Laguna. Um so I think that's my plan. If I'm ever homeless, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to be a beach homeless guy. I'll be looking out for you, Mike. All right. Will you give me money? I will. I will. If I see somebody on the beach that looks like you that's homeless, I'm going to give him money. I'll give him a 20. Whoa. <laughs> Shit, I'm, man. Maybe this I'm is part of my new up. business plan. You know, uh, <laughs> I need to pay for a new nanny over here. Like maybe, maybe I need to go hit the beach and, and uh, uh, you know, forget the house. I could save a lot of money on a house. I could live at the beach. Derek's going to be handing me out 20s. This doesn't sound terrible. No, live in a sandcastle. Yeah, <laughs> live in a sandcastle. <laughs> how, how fantastic. It's fantastical. Well, man, on that highbrow note, we should uh, we should wrap, D. This has been fun. We got into some fun territory on this one. Yeah, we did. We we covered a lot of bases like usual. Yeah, yeah. We, we go in strange branches, and I enjoy it. That's what's so fun about it. Same here, man. All right, brother. Well, great talking to you. As always, you have a great uh, rest of the week, uh, which is very short-lived, so you have a great weekend. And uh, say hi to the family for me. You too, man. All right, brother. Have a great one, Mike. Take it easy, man. See you, bro. Later. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. 
And for more episodes and info, check out DerekandMike.com. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.